Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Katie, and welcome to 360 View. This is where we explore a broad range of ideas on all things affecting your body, your wellness, and your mind. And welcome back, viewers, to 360. We hope you have had an amazing week since we spoke to you last time. Um, for today, we have a little bit of a all-encompassing topic looking at wellness, how we define wellness as well as the six dimensions of life um, that all contribute to wellness and also the things that are going to undermine it for you that people don't always necessarily consider when they're trying to feel their best throughout their day-to-day life. Looking forward to delving into something a little bit different that um, I don't probably go on to the side of as much. Uh, Definitely understand a bit about it, um, points that we've ended up uh, sourcing and um, and chatting about ourselves uh, behind closed doors as far as what we've what we've found really contributes through working with people and also what we see come through or come into our path or cross our path and um, yeah trying to nut it down and, and help people so they can get on a path for themselves and find out their own definitions. Definitely. And everyone in these six dimensions of life, everyone is normally going to have an element that they feel they excel in, that they're comfortable with and that they really have their head around and they can get a grip on pretty easily. And then they're going to have components where it's like either foreign or something they haven't considered um, and takes a little bit more work and effort to kind of get that one nailed down. And I think once people start to get a bit of a definition of where they're looking and how these um, categories sort of line up mm. uh, to add to the bigger picture, starts to give them a bit more of a chance to try and define it for themselves and, and know where potentially they're falling down or things that may not be contributing very well. Absolutely. And sometimes with wellness, it is something that a lot of people have the thought of everyone defines it in a different way. I think it's how you interact as well as far as experience, personal experience and sort of life experiences Mm -hmm. Uh, because if you're really more a physical person, then you probably see wellness as more physical than you will see it in any other category. Whereas if you're someone that's probably had a bit more sort of emotional uh, issues or things that have definitely affected you emotionally uh, is probably where you sort of see wellness uh, for yourself wellness. as emotional wellness and yeah. and how that sort of has been interacting with you in, in what's crossed your path and what things you've had to deal with because most things that we build up learnings with is experiences yeah how we've decided and then that also helps us be able to share it with other people or, mm. or, or potentially help them on the road to what maybe they are feeling but they may not be able to define it absolutely so our definition of wellness is a full integration of the six dimensions of life by constantly pursuing betterment in all of these areas. So it's not just our physical health, just our mental health, our emotional, our social. It's the full integration of the six elements and a constant betterment and a constant improvement. So it's something that you're always working towards. Unfortunately, it's not something that we can ever feel like we've gotten to the peak achieved and then we can stop working on it it's something that requires consistent work just to purely maintain and and how you're going to interact with them as you as they sort of cross your paths like we said before exactly it's Building how you do with your um with your experiences definitely um so then we'll look at what undermines wellness as well because if we look at wellness is something that you're trying to build and you're trying to do we have to keep in mind that wellness is made up of not only the things we do but the things that we don't do as well so the things that either you're neglecting at a certain time or even the bad habits that you have in your life as well as the good habits the good habits that you don't do and the bad habits that you don't do all of that everything you do and don't do forms 
that wellness hmm. forms that path so then when we look at what undermines that if we had everything wellness wise sorted we had all of those six dimensions that we'll go through in a moment all sorted they were all amazing we have lots of focus putting onto that the things there's four main things that undermine all of that if that was to be perfect number one is stress Number two is busyness. Number three is a lack of values, boundaries, and priorities. And then number four is having a targeted focus or a funnel focus. So only focusing on one element, not all not all six. So we think stress can come from heaps of different sources, from family, from work, from general day-to-day stuff. And it's something that everyone has a different tolerance for. So your stress may be a very different level to my stress. Everyone handles different levels but the level that you handle determines what undermines your wellness. Then from there, we have that um, busyness. So this is a lot of people aren't necessarily productive day to day, but they're busy. They're doing things that constantly make them feel like they're on the go or their mind's constantly running at 100 mile an hour or they feel like they need to do certain things to be either successful in the day or productive in the day but it's not necessarily things that actually move the needle for them so it's not moving the needle needle on their career or their health or whatever it is but it feels busy and this happens a lot then from there our lack of values boundaries and priorities this is not when you don't define exactly what is important to you and what you value and therefore you can't set boundaries around it if I don't consider my health to be a big value of mine then how can I set boundaries around it it makes it very hard and I think that becomes down to commitment to yourself as well exactly uh, with what boundaries and what um, priorities you set because obviously if if that is a big held belief and a priority for you Mm -hmm. purely if we're talking now in the physical wellness and that physicalness of of that is if you can't if your boundaries are so wide and it's just something that you sort of do in your day and not really something that you're held as a hard fast task then it's something that's easily either sort of forgotten or missed or Mm -hmm. started to sort of drop away on your list as things to do definitely because boundaries are hard to set like they should be so easy but they're really quite hard to set but once you get into the rhythm of setting them you're all good because often it happens a lot as well with something that we'll go over in future as well with um people pleasing and stuff like that and feeling like you owe things to other people and that you can't do things for yourself is automatically it makes it so much harder to set boundaries because your interpretation of the scenario is that you're putting someone out by setting a boundary when in reality the only person that you're putting out is yourself Mm. because by you not setting that boundary you're sacrificing your wellness Mm. it's a commitment to yourself exactly and if you're sacrificing your wellness and you're not being well in your day-to-day life then what is the purpose of your day-to-day life Mm. if you're not working towards being well it doesn't it doesn't make sense why would you sacrifice you feeling good and i think that's something that you've got to come to an agreement in your own time a realization. Yeah, realization to, to working on that and making sure that you can either make that commitment to yourself because obviously usually mm. you see a lot of people get to a sort of a turning point. There's either some sort of event, mm. uh, something that happens in their life, some um, if you're talking just physical, then we're talking about some sort of picture, a picture of a time where you either felt something or mm. whether you saw a picture where you're with certain people that made you feel emotionally unwell, um, things like that or a time back there that you need to potentially say that this is the turning point where I probably need to be more committed to myself 
be okay with forgiving and and forgetting or, or moving on with things, mm. putting it in. Yes, it's experience you have. Yes, it's something that you've learnt from and being able to move from there. And it is something, like you say, it has to be that realization yourself. Like both of us have had those mm. points where you get to a certain point of doing absolutely everything for everyone else or not prioritizing yourself and that it comes a sacrifice from that whether you're sacrificing your mental well-being or your physical well-being or even just your happiness or something like that it can be something less dramatic but you know we've had those realizations as well that what's what's the point everyone else is happy but you also can't give as much to everyone else if you don't look after yourself everyone's heard that you can't if you have nothing in your cup, you can't pour from your own cup. Mm. Like you need to fill that first before you can give to other people. Yeah, for sure. Um, so with that, we have our six dimensions of life. Do you want to go through this? Most oh, certainly. So uh, the first one we've got, as we chatted before about, is physical. So a physical is probably the, the easiest one that people define when they sort of talk around wellness and the, and the topic of wellness. So it does have underneath it and lying underneath it we've seen as um, exercise. So obviously whether you're um, you're okay with what you've, you've put in your program or put in your schedule as far as exercise and making sure you get 30 minutes a day of um, moving, whether that's outside need activity that we've talked about previously, where it's just something that you know that you're going to go for a walk every day or you're going to get outside, make sure that you're doing some sort of movement. Um, that's probably a big one that everyone sort of sees from there. And then rest um, is making sure that you're getting that quality of sleep. You've got a set sleep schedule. You know where you are as far as the hours of sleep you need. Yeah. Some people, obviously, we've talked previously before, can be too much sleep. So, so more is not always better. It can actually be worse. So if you're not sure about that, you need to start to make sure that you know you've got a set sleep schedule. So times of going to bed, times of waking, it's something that we can't just turn off on the weekends when we're not working. Mm. It's trying to keep in that same set schedule because usually you'll find is everyone's happy to sleep in on the weekends because they get the chance to. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly Monday-itis comes around and it's like it's so hard to get out of bed. Well, it's purely because you threw yourself out for a couple of days where you're either staying up late trying to sleep in as much as you can or and then monday comes and bam you're back into that schedule so monday is like the worst yeah so so the thing is is then on the weekend is obviously thinking yes it's hard and people don't like to do it but potentially think about that time that you get up normally because you put in either your um your eating or your food schedule is when your body you know that you always have breakfast at five o'clock in the morning so surprise surprise saturday morning clicks over it's five o'clock it's half past five and your belly's grumbling and you wake up thinking that you're hungry and you need to eat something but you're trying to force yourself to sleep or you want to sleep mm. in or this is the only time i need to get sleep in what's happening you your body doesn't really like that we're very we're very scheduled and, and yeah. routine orientated so it's it's thinking about that and thinking about what you've done so potentially think about getting up in the morning and going for a walk hey this is a chance for me to get out before everyone else gets going in the day um, make sure you can get out and try and make that commitment to yourself so and that makes you that also helps you like generally the recommendation is an hour past when you would normally wake up so if you normally wake up at five six o'clock is an acceptable wake up time on the weekend but any longer than that then you're going to start throwing out your circadian rhythm yeah. which is why you get saturday sunday and you'll be so tired you will like and that's when you get the question like i've gotten so much more sleep and i'm so tired mm. it's because you've just thrown out your entire 
body's rhythm, mm. essentially, and then your eating schedule's out of whack. Whereas if you were to wake up within an hour of that normal waking time, and like you say, go out and get a walk and get some sunshine, you'd be surprised how much better you feel for the rest of the day. And there's lots of research around that um, waking time and eating time, which I know yeah. we've talked about previously, is trying to get your meals in or being able to make sure that as that sun rises, mm. your eyes can get adjusted and you start to get that sunlight as it goes through those spectrums so from dark to moderate light to lighting up to knowing that your day has started mm. and then also trying to get your meals in potentially if you can and it does a big help is before those dark times so when we start to go and we've eaten before the sun's gone down or just before the sun's gone down that lets us know now that we're slowing down because we can see that changing of light as well going through from the evening or the afternoon into the evening where the sun sets and that's into dark. So that then indicates that we're starting to get shut down, everything's starting to go into that sleep mode. So, And with this rest that we've talked about previously is is don't try and make massive adjustments to your sleep schedule in such a short amount of time. This takes time. So if you're someone who's progressively always gone to bed at 10.30, that's where your sleep cycle is and how many times and when you actually feel like that, try and just jump it by 10, 15 minutes. Don't do a massive, like, don't suddenly go, I'm going to bed at 10.30. I've been going to bed at 10.30 all the time for so long. Then all of a sudden I want to know I'm going to start going to bed at 8 o'clock or half past 8. Your body's going to freak out. Your body's going to freak out. And what's going to happen is you're going to get into bed. You're going to think, this is so ridiculous. I'm tossing and turning. I'm struggling to go to bed. I'm trying to get as much sleep as I can. It's not quality of sleep and what's happening. is start just just grabbing it a little bit like you know half 15 minutes 20 minutes minutes a week that's exactly right just start to progress from there rather than just going bam we know it's the same with exercises jumping up there um with that as well and i've probably gone on a bit too much about that is identifying illness so um knowing when things don't feel quite right or aren't feeling quite in tune Mm -hmm. understanding that knowing when you potentially you need to pull back have a bit more rest need to cut out maybe your exercise is too much maybe you're doing too much Maybe you need to end up dropping something off so that you can recover a bit more and getting that good variety of food. So we know nutrition drops in here as well into this physical one. So that's to do with nutrition and everything as well. So a good variety of food, making sure you're eating through the rainbow. We've Mm -hmm. talked about it previously, a lot of stuff. Very hard to overeat a lot of vegetables purely because of density and sizes. So you can certainly load up your plate with some of that stuff making sure that you're getting helps with digestive but making sure you're getting the whole portions of it so Mm. we're not looking for just juices that increases obviously fructose or um, certain elements of the um of the fruit of the whole food but not actually the fiber and how that digestion and the pure weight and size of what you're having so that's to do with the physical very nice our second one here is emotional um, so with our emotional health, the biggest component to all of this is awareness and control of your emotional health. So it's being able to have an awareness of the emotions and the thoughts that are passing through your body at any given time and then be able to develop a level of control. Very specific there, develop a level of control because it's not a button that you can click and all of a sudden you have control and you can snap yourself out of things. But it is something that the first step is having an awareness that you can control it and then the second step is learning how to control it or when you have a certain thought or something pass through or you have a certain emotion come up you can basically see that from an outside view think about it like watching your life on a tv 
So for example, I have a TV in front of me right now. If I had that emotion and that situation playing out on that TV and I was sitting back and I can watch it play out, it makes it a lot easier to disassociate myself and to um, look at it from an outside view and then you don't feel so part of it. Because when you're thinking about it in your head, you're part of your own body and you're sitting there and thinking about it and it either feels really awful or crushing or something like that. But if I can think about it from outside and I can look at it like it's on a TV and then we can be super objective and be like, I can see exactly like that. Is it a logical response? Sometimes it might be. I think you can take, like when you're saying sitting back from it, it's more systematic. Yes. You, know, you can sort of piece together bits that you can see what maybe mm-hmm. doesn't fit quite right or you're able to sort of sit yeah. back and have a look at the whole thing and then try and step through how it either happens or stepping it out for outcomes. Exactly, because we're always smarter in hindsight. Always. But instead of just relying on hindsight when the things already happened, what if we could just step step back, disassociate ourselves a little bit and go, I can see that now and that's not very smart or actually doesn't warrant that response we can look at the emotion go 100% warranted go for it or I overreacted exactly so then from there having also that awareness and control that everything in your life is 50 50 every scenario every event every everything is 50 50 so everything has 50 good 50 bad it's half and half no matter what that be you it could be the most like the happiest moment in your life there's going to be 50% of that good and 50% of that bad it's what you choose to see. Same thing with something atrocious that happens, super upsetting, super angry, 50 good, 50 bad. There's going to be an experience that comes from it that makes it 50 good or something else that makes it 50 good and then 50 bad. So there's always 50-50. It's just what we are conditioned to see and what you condition yourself to see. Whereas if you can step back and realize it's 50-50 and go, what's the good in it? What's the bad in it? It makes things a whole lot easier. Probably gives you the choice as well. Mm. Gives you the chance to have a choice. All about choice here. So then from there, our next one is reframing. So it's something we do a lot is the whole glass half full scenario, um, especially within workplaces because it's somewhere that you spend majority of your time. It's re- it's an amazing thing to implement in there is making a culture of glass half full. How can you reframe something and make it glass half full instead of glass half empty? Something happens, no one's very happy about it. How can you spin it so that it's glass half full seems better we can start to think about it in a better way again seeing the 50 good i i think with that sometimes people are allowed to have that bit of time where they can Mm. think glass half empty yes so it's okay everyone we're not we're not all sunshine and roses and unicorns and rainbows for ourselves either. So it's, no. there's a choice that you can make there. So you can have the choice where when you're doing it, you can look at it really bad and it can really affect how you're going to interact for the rest of the day or how you're going to interact with the rest of the people you see throughout the day mm. um, or events or items that you may come into contact or scenarios that happen. Or you can have the chance that potentially there's a, ch- a time now for you to flip it and reverse it mm-hmm. and go from there and see that, okay, I've got that. That's all sweet. Know what's going on here. I have a chance to take the high road or the low road. I'm going to choose to take the high road. Then potentially it starts to become a bit more subconscious. You don't really have to think about it too much. Exactly. And it becomes, again, that subconscious looking at things better. But even that glass half full can purely be, how can I support someone through this situation? What can I provide for them to help them through what's obviously not great for them and that's your glass half full is instead of sitting in it 
with them necessarily. You're saying what can he I... He loves company. Exactly. Misery loves company. Misery right? loves company. What can I do to help them instead? And sometimes there's nothing you can do but be there. And and I think in this sometimes too, it's the chance to notice the situation. Mm. So notice the situation when you're there and being able to see that rather than getting caught up in, like I say, being the pity party and jumping in there yeah. and sitting around with them and sort of wallowing in the distress of what's happening and suddenly people are trying to drag you down. Because negative emotions are addictive. Mm, for sure. Odd concept. Easy, easy choice to make. They are an easy choice to make. And it's Harder. it's something that seems like you can get so caught up in and people do almost like addiction is probably the wrong word, but it's something that's the first go-to because it's easier to choose as well. So, yeah, just something to be conscious of. Mm. Um, so then with that, we look at increasing your time management and finding a protocol that works for you there and then increasing your emotional toolbox so that things that happen, again, like I said, with looking from an outside view, whether it's certain tools that you use like your meditation, um, your emotional tapping like whether it's just silence whatever that may be whether it's anything that you find works for you building your toolbox so that you know what you need to pull out to make yourself feel better or to pull yourself out of a state when need be and then from there our last one there is a big one it's just forgive yourself for certain things and it sounds super airy fairy and and things like that and it's a big thing because sometimes until you look at it, you don't realize that you've been holding a grudge against yourself for so many things or for things that you weren't able to do or stick to. Again, because it's the easiest example is diet and exercise plans. The amount of people that hold a grudge against themselves because they were never able to stick to that thing. They were never able to do it and they will hold on to that for years. Hmm. It's not a bad thing. Like if you consider that you're here to be able to experience different things and every experience you have helps you learn, then all of a sudden it becomes easier to forgive yourself because that experience, as long as you learn from it, you can pull something out of it and go, oh, well, that was kind of the good in that, even though it was pretty not great. Then you can move on from there and forgive yourself and not hold a grudge from there. So that's our emotional health. Nice learning heading into the third one, so we're heading to the top of the mountain. Um, intellectual is our third one of our um, our dimensions that we've seen as a good uh, lead to or um, part of wellness. Um, so the first part in intellectual is a creative and stimulating. So creative, it's okay to sit and draw a picture. Um, be creative, see if you have something that there. It's all right if it ends up being a stick figure. Mm-hmm. Or you're doing something there where it's but but something that you enjoy. So yeah. being creative on your terms, whether it's playing a musical instrument, whether it's learning a different language, whether it's doing, you know, something like that. It's just intellectual and stimulating. So we've got a our brain has to be challenged. Mm-hmm. It's no good ending up turning it into mush and we just sit there and just happy with where we're plodding along through the whole thing. Yeah. Challenge yourself, give yourself something to work towards, uh, a new goal, some sort of s- uh, steps. And, and as we've spoken before about sometimes with goals, it's not about the end. It's no. about the journey and what you're moving through. So it does sound airy-fairy with sometimes we've gone through that stuff, but it's more about how you interact with it and being able to learn something different. So challenge yourself with something that's not not in your um, toolbox or you don't know a heap about. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a go at trying a different art form, different because something, sculpture, something Because they've just discovered like in that. the last five to ten years that your brains can grow and evolve and develop 
once you've matured. Like there is what they call neuroplasticity, Hmm. meaning like skin elasticity, like it can grow and mold and learn from experiences when when you are mature. Because there used to be the belief that once you, everything you'd learnt and once you'd developed all of your skills and everything like that, once you grew up, like you were 18, 21, that was it. Hmm. Now they know that you're like more like a sponge and you do have that neuroelasticity to go. So if you keep being creative and stimulating your mind, as you get older, it's still going to keep growing. Hmm. You might- yeah, to continually challenge yourself with it and be stimulating. So uh, that's the thing is it's education. Hmm. Education, try and pick something up, have a go at something. Give a go. Maybe you find that you do two minutes or a couple of hours on something and go, really, this isn't for me. I'm finding it really hard to get into. Mm-hmm. That's all good. Drop that. Have another look around. If there's something that just starts, you know, like getting you interest or spikes a bit of interest in you, then potentially head down that road. Something sort of educating that you can help. And there may be someone that you're interacting with that has a bit of history on that subject or something that you could end up talking to. Because a lot of times it's very easy when you're in circles to have things in common and try and challenge other people um, with where it is. So, Make sure you're able to think about um, challenging yourself, challenging people that are in your in your circle. So uh, learn stuff, have people challenge you on things, doing stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's okay, and so I can have constructive conversations. Like sometimes it's not about right and wrong, and and you know more than me. It's it's about learning from other people and potentially experiences, as we've talked before, that they've had, that mm-hmm. they've learned from, that this didn't work, that this is helpful. That's continual education. Like you've got to start stepping that up and having a bit of a go at it or otherwise you're just going to be stale, fall behind and no one's really going to want to interact with someone that's just stale and fallen behind. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. That's right. You need to start challenging with the room and look for some different and and potentially look at different subjects that you may need to interact with. So, um, yeah, so definitely intellectual. So, yeah, grab a book. As we talked before, fictional books are not really my thing. I'm I'm more of a non-fictional person that that likes to see things that are either interactive, effective, things that have happened rather than stuff that's sort of airy-fairy and uh, Whereas I'll bounce between both. I'll yeah. do I'll do a good murder mystery and then um, go into something about how our brains function and work. Mm. Any reading I find is good. But yeah. even there is a difference between like obviously there's all different types of education with podcasts and YouTube and courses and books and things, but there is a difference between what you retain from an audio book to reading a book. There's a very big difference in what you retain. Same thing um, – with reading off of a screen versus reading a paper book. And especially for winding down and brain function, your brain doesn't absorb as much information off of a screen as it does as it does off of a paper book. So something just to be conscious of too. Yeah, for sure. So um, that sort of heads through intellectual. So that's three down, the last three, three to, to bring it home. Let's go. So we have our social. So with this one is being aware of the roles, the expectations and demands around the roles in your life. Um This doesn't necessarily mean that you have to live up to the expectations, but it means that you have to realize what the expectations you have of yourself are so that you can fulfill those or you can negate those if needed. Sometimes we don't realize what we think we should be and then why we're unfulfilled and we need to have an awareness. So for example, if you are... um, If you are a business owner or you have a position within your business, your career, then if you are a partner, if you are a mother, a father, a sister, 
a confidant for someone, whatever your roles are within your life. You may have a hobby and you may be an instructor there. You may have something else that you have fun with. That's a role within your life and you're going to have a certain rule book in your head as to what you should be a PD. for that. Mm, a position, position description. description. Very nice. <laughs> so you'll have a position description, <laughs> a rule book as to what you should be for that role. And you're also going to have a rule book for other people in your life that hold those roles as well. Expectations so, from other people. Exactly. This is where um, parent guilt comes in really, really strong and it's one of the most common one we see and the, see, and the easiest one to relate to all the other roles in your life. So, mm. for example, if you're a mother, you're going to have certain I'm things. I'm not a mother, but I'll take it. If you – we're going to present, pretend Ben's a mother. Okay. Ben, in your motherhood. Okay. In your motherhood, Mm -hmm. you will expect that you spend so much time with your children, a certain amount of time, that you spend present time with your children. Some people even have a rule book that says they shouldn't make their kids upset or cry. Um, They should give their kids certain things. They should do certain activities with them. They either should be training them to do so much or preparing them for outside life. I assume you've done all of these things with your Children in your motherhood, Ben. Goodness, no, they're hardcore. <laughs> we got hardcore. <laughs> um, Hit it and quit. We're either in or out. <laughs> all or nothing, buddy. We're in. That's all. <laughs> so, with all of these, you have those demands in rule book. The thing is that you might not even be conscious that you Scream have. Scream in the back room. I don't care. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so you might not be conscious that you have these expectations and demands of yourself until you actually put them on paper. If you wrote them down or even if you just start to think about them and go, what do I expect of myself? This gives you the opportunity to go, that's ridiculous. Why did I think that I had to do that? Like this is where it comes in so strong with people thinking that they're a bad parent or that they haven't done enough because they have this rule book that there's no possibility that they could ever live up to, but they think it's something that they should do. So what you're saying now. (laughs) Here we go. Is that on my refrigerator, uh-huh. instead of pictures of everything I've done and invitations and people's babies that seem to go on to there, um, I'm now starting to run out a checklist of things I have expectations of <laughs> and now things that I have expectations of everyone else to do. Maybe what needs to happen here is maybe whilst writing my expectations for myself, I write everyone else's as well. <laughs> So much easier. Don't need to have to worry about things that go on their list that I don't think is worthwhile, Mm -mm. but potentially things that I think they need to do that I don't want to do. That's a good point there. Ridiculous. Don't put it on your fridge. (laughs) No one will ever come back to your house again. (laughs) Why not? They can read it on the guests, people coming to my home, bringing food. Guests take off their shoes at the front door. Lots of food, clean floor prior to leaving. Maybe. I don't Amazing. Know. But that's an important point as well, though, because you have I've led a you certain, down a garden path. You have. You have. Yeah. So the things that you expect other people to do as well. And the only reason why you're ever unhappy with the, someone else is because they didn't meet my they expectations. They didn't meet your expectations. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that your expectations are formed from all of the experiences you've had in your life. And, and the worst they thing have is had, 
Yeah. I can't, the worst thing is I can't understand why they didn't meet my expectations. Potentially, I didn't explain my expectations to them. You didn't explain it, but they've also had completely different life experiences. So they have a different rule book. Yep. You're they've playing by two different, different rules. Yeah, it's so hard to try and compromise there. It is. So just be aware of the expectations and demands of your role. Something definitely you need to think about because if you're not living up to them, you're not having great social well-being. Isn't it funny where most people end up not talking about that stuff? Yes. You know, to each other and friendships, you know, friendships come and go throughout life and we interact with different people at different times in our life purely for different expectations or different outcomes. Mm. Um, Usually what we find is people have things in common. That's how they generate to come together. They have things that they work through uh, in common and then suddenly things and it's and it's about change. A lot of people don't like it. No. They don't like change because once they get into a comfortable position, everyone's happy with comfort. Yes. Everyone's happy with it being comfortable. And we talked about it before with intellectuals. We don't want you to be the smartest person in the room. No. So it's very hard to try and grow or become challenged when you are the smartest person in the room or the person that they go to for uh, information. Yes. Because we had talked about it the other day and I've talked to you before a long time ago about it is um, how easy it is for people to come to you if you are able to do the job that they don't need to read about or they don't need to follow a step process to get to the outcome when they automatically know that you can do the outcome. Exactly. So if you can do the outcome, people go for the easiest path. Always. Path so they'll go, to the pers- they'll go to the person that's done the job mm. or go to the person that has achieved the outcome and they won't challenge themselves to actually look at it and see potentially. Mm. Uh, it's a lot of the time you end up saying, giving the laziest man the hardest job and he'll find the easiest way to do it. Correct. Usually the way we always do it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're socially... It's just trying to understand that that yeah change happens. People come in and out of our life with things, but people don't necessarily want to talk about why they disappeared from being friends or no. why it happened. It potentially it may just be the simple thing of my expectation of you was when I had some had some issues from some family issues. I expected you to be able to listen to me. That meant you didn't a lot. listen to me. Yeah, you didn't listen to me, or you weren't there for me to find that time. I don't want you to be in my pity party, but I wanted someone to bounce things off. Mm. Potentially you had a different experience that could work for me. Exactly. And I could try and draw some information from on how I'm going to interact with the situation. Yeah. And if they weren't there, then all of a sudden that, that you, your, my expectation of you, you didn't live up to it. Mm. Therefore, I suddenly, you've gone down, you know, like you've gone down a peg. Because or of you're your not someone. Book, not theirs. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you didn't meet up to that. So next thing mm. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't need to spend so much time with you because no. now I've found my morals or my mm-hmm. beliefs or my boundaries. You're not playing in my game. Yeah, you're not playing by the rules you're of my game. You're not playing by the rules of my game of what I expect you as the fullback in my team to do. Therefore, we can't be on the same team Therefore, anymore. we can't be on the same team and I'm just going to disappear off that team or I'm going to try and push you away from my team. Exactly. So, yeah. And with all of those things, with all of your social stuff, um, I call it living life in the deep end. So trying to constantly do things that are going to push you a little bit further or challenge you because if you constantly seek out ways to get outside of your comfort zone, all of a sudden your comfort zone becomes living outside of it. Because otherwise, it's really easy to get stuck in everything you know. And the easiest way to do that is by saying yes to things. You have an opportunity that's like something you're really not sure about. It pushes you a little bit outside of that comfort zone you're a little bit nervous about. Just say yes to it without even thinking. Make yes your default response 
to that thing and then from there that pushes you outside of your comfort zone then you're constantly looking for ways to make yourself better and to push yourself outside of that comfort zone so that when something comes along it's not so scary anymore and it doesn't seem so scary people don't like change exactly so that is our social component all right second last event what have we got i don't know if i can handle this one Okay, this might be me. I think more you for this one. So we have spiritual now. I'll go with the last one. This is something that... I feel I would steal it from you and it's ridiculous. I'd be very upset. I know. Um, So with our spiritual health, this one is ginormous. See, we're we're on the the same page and we're playing in the same book. Exactly, we're playing on the same book, exactly. However, Ben has had a little experience with some spiritual Mm. stuff. If you've listened to the podcast, you would know that... I'm very much our more what he calls hippie drippy. Or spiritually open. Spiritually open. Ben is our spiritually closed. I don't book. know about closed. I'm no. more open to stuff. Um, experiences are okay. I'd probably go in with open mind or maybe potentially a little closed with some things purely because I haven't been exposed to it. That's what so I would I say. Open minded with not a lot of exposure. Yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, has probably had a little bit something. of spiritual exposure recently. Mm. Quite interesting. Very proud on my behalf. Mm. So, yeah, a bit of energy healing. Mm. Energy healing. I didn't know if I had much energy. Did it freak you out or was it good? No, I don't think it didn't really freak me out. Just different. Yeah. Different to stuff. Probably more um, the fact of slowing down. Mm. I think that's probably the biggest thing. We all probably get sort of caught up in day-to-day and racing 100 mile an hour is that this sort of gave me probably a chance to – Sort of slow down. And then I had talked to the lady, that, um, to Emma, our, or Emma, our massage lady, about it. And when we did it, when I had a massage there the other week, and there's been a lot of studies sometimes, like obviously the plasticity of muscle when we're actually doing massages mm. is helps and pressure points and forces and, and everything and moving and, and that. But there's been a lot of studies actually found that it's more actually about the touch sensation through our senses than about a lot of the times about it being the actual massage. It's if not you know what I mean. That's not actually the action of, the of muscle, it. Muscle, muscle. It's um it's more actually the 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 touch, like the sensation yes. of touch and someone else's touch on the skin and the time of the relaxation because things are slowed down. Like mm. you wouldn't go into a massage area. If you do, by all means send us a message. We want to have a go at it. Of where they're playing music at 180 beats a minute. Yes. Louder than you could stand. Like you're going to work And still out. trying to massage you in amongst that. I don't feel that sends a good sense of sensation dulling or slowing down hmm. than what it potentially would be if you listened to whales going through the ocean and people doing slower and violin and you know like drumming and stuff like that so uh, that's sort of where it is that's a different sensation so obviously we're looking for all those because in most times massage we shut our eyes yes energy healing i shut my eyes Mm -hmm. i'm looking for things to to, you know things random thoughts come into mind while we were having while i was massage Mm -hmm. having energy healing random thoughts of things like years ago that probably didn't really stick with me or i didn't think were were um were noteworthy yes. um that probably jumped into my mind while I was doing it and then also found myself probably with mind wandering 
thinking about things I potentially had to do mm-hmm. or things that were going on and then going, oh, my goodness, I don't think I'm in the right spot and then having to try and pull myself back in and concentrate more on my breath and what was going on mm-hmm. there to give it all the chance. Yes, you know, to definitely. Give it the chance he, to work. Yeah, well, the thing is, is if I already go in this with a closed mind or anyone goes into this stuff with a closed mind, then you've already had a, a predisposition to where you're going to head with it. Mm. And I know like the first time I had it done, which was years ago, um, I asked Which the lady. I <laughs> um, so I asked the lady that did it. She was super lovely, and asked her like, "When when do I need to rebook? When do I need to come back?" And you know how you normally go to people, and they're like, "Oh, every week or two weeks or a month or six months or something." She goes, "Oh, you'll know." I said, "How how will I know?" Like she goes, "Oh, you'll just know." I said, "So like, will I know in a week, in a fortnight, in a month?" She's like, "You'll know." said but like You're what really am i looking for here. like i i don't know how i'll know um i don't and this is when i like had no exposure really to any of this and i was like i don't know how i'll know anyway she would not give me like a time frame in any she's like oh it could be like a month six months a year three years i don't really know i was like okay well this doesn't give me any direction and i kind of walked out and i was like i'm really not sure if i'll go back and then in six months time we had um some stuff happened with like life upheaval and moving and stuff and it was like just this moment and I'd not thought of that experience again but it just clicked into my head and I was like like that's what I feel is almost like unscented and ungrounded I was like I think that's what I need like I think that's what will help and I went back to her and again came out of that with more like a centered and grounded and balanced feeling and then again she's like you'll know and sometimes it was like a couple of weeks and sometimes it was a whole year but it's something that you do feel and um, even if you haven't had any exposure to energy stuff before it can be good just to try because the thing is that you could try it and go oh that was a bit weird that's definitely not for me and it's not right for you at this time but it might be right in three years so yeah a little bit of a tangent on our spiritual side there but our essentially our spiritualness is the direction of our life, our purpose, and our guiding values and beliefs. So whether you are religious, whether you're not religious, whether you consider yourself to be spiritual or not, our spiritualness is really just our guiding beliefs and values behind our life. It's why we do what we do and why we feel we are here, why we feel we exist. So to do with that, to develop that, we explore our curiosity. Um, So we take an active role in just thinking, not thinking about what we're thinking. I know you love that. I know. I love thinking about what I'm thinking. It really gives me an out-of-body experience. <laughs> but just our curiosity um, and the way we do that is by being present in everything we do. Often, like, I know my brain, I'll be sitting somewhere and doing something or being involved in something and I'm already 10 steps ahead as to where I need to be and what I'm needing to be doing. And Sometimes when I read up. things you write, that's what I see as well. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I do it too. It- a yeah. lot of people we find, well, we're already in those little in-between filling words like and and the and is and the and t and that and they disappear. Yes. Because you thought they're already in there. But they're not. But you're not. You're already onto the big word or the, adju- like the, the action word or the actioning thing that's happening in yes. what you're doing or the point you're trying to get across. Next thing, those words in amongst miss. Anyway. Best sorry, example, tangent. have you ever been driving somewhere and then you've kind of like 
woken up and wondered I don't have how the, I'm you hoping got you're not the driving. next five Ks. I'm not hoping you're not driving and then waking up to where. Oh, no, I'm no, no, waking that you're, up. I'm, you're awake. That's exactly what I was going to say. I hope you're more realizing you're somewhere and then not realizing you've been through all these other places. Yes, that's exactly right. You're not falling asleep. That's, that's more that's not out of body experience, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but you're driving oh, yeah. along and then you realize that you're I somewhere. I want to know where you're driving because <laughs> I'm not driving near you. <laughs> and you're wondering how, like, the last six streets that you went past, you don't remember going past them That's because right. you're not present. And no. driving is somewhere you should definitely be present. But all of these things not being in the now, it's really, really common. Present. So what we it's in do the is we be present and we spend time alone. So even just spending time alone and just in silence, like especially for people with families, I recommend that they spend time. <laughs> is it bad? Is it is it bad when you're a person who likes to spend? <laughs> More time alone than with people? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Maybe you have to look a little bit at the people you spend your time around if you're definitely a more, uh, I want to spend more time by myself than around yes. anyone else. It, it's sort of like you have said there, it's 50-50. Like you've got to end up, it's playing both. Yes. Like and people get their energy from like, different yeah, places. Yeah, sure. But spending time alone just to be with your own thoughts and not being afraid of that. I've spoken yeah. to so many people. People have to be around everyone all the time. Exactly. Hmm. And different to extroverts, but people that can't be alone because they're scared of what their thoughts will be or when they're alone they'll either be drinking or on their phone or doing something yeah, else yeah have to be continuous yeah. sorry i'm um, just a thing i was going through uh, when you said about that uh, a few people have talked to about because obviously we've been looking at doing some sort of uh, not re- relaxation or um, sort of body health and and stuff like that is uh, float tanks mm Float tanks probably help in here a little yes. bit. Um, float tanks, sensations. We talked about it before when you're massaging and stuff. Mm-hmm. Other senses, your other senses of your touch, your listening, yeah, taste, time alone, uh, time alone. It, they start to heighten, so that yes. obviously heightens. Um, is yeah, some people end up saying that they can't handle or it can't handle in those float tanks. Mm. With if you were to do, because if not, people don't understand them, go and have a bit of a search on what they are. Um, I think what is it? A salt? Are they like something? Yeah, they're like a salt magnesium. Yeah, like in the water, the water has all that makes you float. So yeah, really hard. I think the Dead Sea or one of them does mm. that as well, where yeah. you can't sink. Yeah, you float and you float higher in the water uh, to do with equilibrium and stuff anyway off scientific it's more probably about uh, being alone in those things and i've heard people end up saying that it can take a bit of time to build up to you know you can have 15 or 30 minute 45 minute hour sessions in there mm-hmm. um, some people can't sort of handle being in one by themselves 30 minutes sometimes it's a bit too much for them to be by themselves because things are racing through their mind and it almost induces this sense of panic but that is a sign that you need to work up to it so if you have like and even putting yourself in something like a float take so that you're forced to be in there for sometimes even five to 15 minutes at the start is enough if you're scared to be alone with your own thoughts Mm. sometimes that's exactly where you need to go but five to 15 minutes to start it gets easier it gets easier as you go and just little by little by little because as much as you hate it you're going to be thinking about what you're thinking when you're in this float tank because there's nothing else for you to do no, but we, our society now has got such a driver, and we've talked about in other podcasts, such a driver on continually being stimulated. Yes. All the time. All the time. And hence why we end up being in that sympathetic state all the time because mm-hmm. we're fight, flight, or mm. freeze mode. When we, um, we go walking a lot, and I've started walking a little while ago without my phone. I'll leave it wherever, at home or at the gym or wherever it is while I go walking before like for the first few times it actually made me like a little bit panicky and it was just 
what if something happened and I wasn't contactable? And the ridiculous thing is it will probably walk for a maximum hour, hour and 20, like for the longest walks we'll do. But it made me a little bit panicky, like what if something happened and I like didn't have my phone? Like what was that? And it gives you like this little edgy feeling. But after a while, like after two or three, I was like, they need me, they'll find me another way. Like that's fine. Or can anything wait until I'm back? Absolutely. What's the worst case scenario? Can I deal with that? Yes. And the same things have been going on in in most people's social or, or circles um, as far as sort of life uh, for the last probably, what are we, I don't even know, when was the first mobile phone? When was the stuff like that? Probably mid-90s mm. maybe. Like before that was like not mobile phones, it was like those big box ones with the yes. things being contacted when you couldn't do anything. How ridiculous, you couldn't do anything more than text and call on this thing. Yes. Or not even text, you could phone. You could phone. How ridiculous, what is this stuff? And um, and yeah, I think nothing's really changed in our life. It's more probably about speeding up. Mm. So our expectations of getting more stuff done in the same amount of time, same amount of minutes, hours, seconds mm. in the day, uh, but now we're expected to either multitask or be able to do multiple things or continually be contactable. Or can you, you know, That's now you hear about the thing is, yeah, you, you hear about now everyone wants to go on eco retreats and doing stuff where they're trying to go away where there's no phone service. Off-grid. I want to be off grid. I want to have no phone service. It's like, well, when you actually remembered what it was like 20, 30 years ago, maybe some people won't. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, when you're a kid and you're at school and everything, it wasn't more. If you weren't home, you were not contact those more. those boxes on the side of the road that had like a phone box. It had a phone in it. Mm-hmm. You had to put cents in it to ring someone. Yeah. You had to have a reverse charges number that you would ring to ring to a certain number mm. that was the only way you were contactable someone yeah. didn't see you or didn't know you didn't fo- post a photo of it and let everyone know you were doing it and not everyone knew exactly where you were at every five minutes and no one else could mm. see on your phone when you're socials when you were active when you weren't active when you turn it on when you turn it off like really do we need that all the time and then you also have that know. panic of like what other people think oh, yeah. like if i don't have that and i think the most amazing feeling in the world is especially you need to do this when you go on holidays is just leave your phone at wherever it is. If you're not going to need it, if you're going to do an activity, you're going to do something else, you can you can leave it and everyone else is going to be okay. Like if you have a team or if you have people that are going to need to contact you and it makes you feel better, just send them a message and say, I'm going to be out from between for the next three hours. If you need me, send me a message and I'll contact you after these three hours. Otherwise, here's who you contact. Yeah, so that yeah, then some sort of somewhere else. Some ahead. alternative. If it is something det- uh, detrimental, obviously from there, because you know, like when I like to go out and we go for dinner or lunch or something, I always make sure I forget my wallet. Ben's good at forgetting his wallet. It's it's a great thing to do. You wouldn't believe it. Surprise, surprise! When other people are around, suddenly they have their wallet, or ensure that they Ben's have gotten their wallet confused. And I forget. You've gotten confused with this because I'll forget my phone. Purposely, and you'll forget your wallet. Purposely, purposely, not purposely. Whatever. You're contactable, and I've got money. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Right. So let's head into the last one we've got here: occupational. So um, occupational, a bit of stuff with uh, how probably you work onto what you feel passionate about with what you're doing. Mm. So trying to make sure you've got a bit of passion about occupation. And if you've got passion about occupation, what do they say? If you're um, passionate about it or you're interested with it. You love what you do. You never work a day in your life. Love it. Love it. Love little sayings like that. So uh, that's the things that we're looking for. So something that you find passion with. Okay to 
we know what it's like fall in and out of love or passion with it. You're going sometimes to. you may find it's the worst thing in the world or sometimes you work yourself into a position where you are a key or a hub of the wheel that everyone has to contact or you were passionate about it and you loved being the person that was so active and involved in this and then all of a sudden now you don't like being it's not passionate about it or something's not going right for you and you don't find that that satisfaction of what you're doing it's too much and now you you want out that's perfectly fine but the thing is is i think it's realizing when that happens Mm. and trying to get it before you become a bitter person about it yes and this is like passion is where effort becomes effortless that's the whole premise behind it is when you have passion you're putting in a ton of effort but it seems effortless it doesn't feel like it's hard work and it doesn't feel like you really have to um, send to your mind to focus on it because you enjoy focusing on it. And a lot of people call it like a flow state or something like that. But when you can get into a zone where you're loving what you're doing and that can come day about as well. You can overall love what you're doing, but you're still going to have days where it's like… need to feel job satisfaction. Exactly. Completion, sense of completion. Yes. Like you're actually achieving something. The yeah. worst feeling is when you feel like you're not achieving. And sometimes I think Awful. that at the end of the day. So, yeah. So, um, think about something that you, you're passionate about there. And then it's how you approach it with attitude. Yeah. So, attitude towards it. As we said, it's glass half empty, glass half full. But it can always end up being either way. You have the choice. Mm-hmm. You can flip of the coin, sitting on either side of the fence. It's not very good to have splinters in your butt when you're sitting on the fence. You need to either be heading one way or the other. Mm. So you need to decide from there because people are not going to yeah. want you to be sitting on the fence. So they want people to have decisions. Are we positive about this? Are we negative about this? Because you can start influencing other people yeah. through your occupation or where you interact. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Something that's just notable there, I think, is that if you're hating what you're doing in any capacity and you want to leave because you're hating it, I think it's really, really important to for lack of a better term, find peace with it and find the best in it and be okay with it and happy with it before you leave. Because the other thing that happens is that you see a lot of people and they'll be um, really disliking something and so they want to leave to get away from that, but they haven't dealt with all the stuff that got them into that, hating it in the first place Mm. and why they hated that. So then when they go into this new job, yeah, there's always a honeymoon period where they're like, oh, this is so much better. And you'll generally find about month to three months three max months they're hating fine. it again yeah, three to six at the most sort if of you way can you get that find why that was bad and then come to peace with it and you still want to leave but you've become okay with it and it's really not that bad and it has all of these benefits and these are the good parts then you can leave and you're going to enter your new job or your new career so much happier you can't expect to just leave all of that stuff because you don't become a different person when you change roles no you're the same person yeah, so you've just, just moved yourself and got you out of that environment. So you think it is, but the main key thing is you're still there. So um, occupational, yeah, so finishing that one off. It's not really a big one. Like it's Yes, it is a big one as far as how it interacts for you, but it's not one we can really delve too long into because no. it's occupied because sort of um so specific yeah like specific yeah. to people as you go through with it but a few things to think about like we said passion something that gives you passion or something that you can you know that you maybe yes it's up and down but it's more mm-hmm. good than it's bad um the attitude that you have there a bit of talent so if you find that you are talented with it or you can do a bit of multitasking you're very good at time management stuff that's probably where you are you're more a project developer or something like that mm-hmm. a manager that you can do that store 
um, sort of with and something that gives you satisfaction and, and you can see where the bigger picture is and where you're heading mm. um, is a good one there with occupation as well. So those are our six. So we hit through on physical, emotional, intellectual, social, spiritual, and then the lucky last there was occupational. But with these, they all interact with each other. Mm-hmm. So I know you love mathematics. Ugh. Me, maybe not so much, but they all interact with each other. So have a little bit of a think about that and what potentially is working for you, what's not working for you, maybe some things up and down that you need to go through. Yes. But how do we finish it off? So my mathematical formula for this is those are your six dimensions of life. Now, if you have these all nailed, there Superstar. Is, it's amazing, but there is something Stuffing. that has the potential to undermine you. So The equation that we have for wellness, because all of these are contributors to wellness, but they're not wellness. So cryptic. So cryptic. So what we have here is your equation for wellness is those six elements added together. So you have your physical, emotional, intellectual, social, spiritual, plus occupational. Total sum of all of those divided by the amount of stress in your life equals your wellness. Okay. So you look at it as an equation, all of the six divided by stress equals wellness because you can have all of those things nailed but if you have a ton of stress in your life that you're not able to manage right a hundred parts up the top divided by a hundred of stress equals a score of one wellness bad it's pretty bad but the thing is there's no good and bad with this like you need to that's individual it's all learning. Mm. So you just need to be aware that you can do everything in the world. But if your stress is so high, whether that's um, immediate stress, like stress from work and family, or whether it's more of a low-level stress where it's constant stimulation in your life and never having a nervous system winding down, that's another source of stress. All of those sources of stresses are going to divide it to equal wellness. Mm. All right. Same thing, you can have... We super- do need some stress. We talked about that, yeah, that that continuum, that stress. It's how you balance the stress in your life. It's not bad. It's how you manage it. Yep. And if you can handle it. So that is our equation for wellness. Of course, there's not going to be any actual numbers associated. You can't. And I struggled with that for a little bit. He did. So you can, the easiest way if you wanted an equation for this is to rank on a scale of one to 10, how you feel satisfied in your physical health, in your emotional health, um, and then your stress, how stressed you feel on a scale of one to 10, then you can actually have a physical number that you can rank your wellness on. And probably something you can rank as you go through. So Mm -hmm. review and and, um, adjust from there. So, guys, a little bit of a longer one today with our wellness. It is something that has a massive amount of parts. And as you know that we're so passionate about is keeping a 360-degree view and a Mm. 360 awareness of everything that you're doing in relation to your health Mm. rather than nailing down one component and ignoring the rest. Yeah, it all adds up. And all that's up to format. So, yeah, if you um, had any questions with that or anything you wanted us to dive in further into, I know Katie loves getting into this stuff um, for sure. So send us a, a DM or a message there on Instagram. If you loved it and you want to share it with someone that had, um, take a screenshot of, of listening to it on the podcast. By all means, we'll, we'll share it on our socials as well. And um, yeah, share it with other people. So if you found something that was helpful for you or something that you can work on that you thought, hey, there's this person in my life that probably could get a lot out of this, by all means, share it. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of people out there we can help with this stuff. Definitely. Alrighty, guys. And until then, we will chat to you again next week.
Thank you, viewers, for tuning in to another episode of 360 View. You can follow us on Instagram at 360view.co to stay up to date with everything we're doing and tag us in your podcast listening. If you found value in today's episode, leave us a like, a review, and a five-star rating. If you know someone who could benefit from listening to this episode, give it a share. And if you have any questions, shoot us a DM on Instagram and we'll answer them on the show. Thanks again, viewers, and we'll chat to you in the next one.